Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ooh, welcome back, sports fans, to another show of the Charity Stripe Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home, on the road, in the air, or in the water, do you believe? We have a great show for you guys today. We're going to talk some football and some basketball, so buckle up, tuck it into your waistband, because here we go. Three, two, one, we're back. We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. It's the Charity Stripe. Pitch your free throws because they have free. Sode 336 coming hot at you guys in Sode 335. And I'm joined on this one by Alex Tossman, the Rock Disopolis, and Nikki Snacks Kreider. And what a wild start to the week it's been in the NFL with Julio Jones now officially on the market. Shannon Sharp, by the, what did you guys think of that? With Shannon Sharp kind of ousting him on live TV. I thought that was kind of whack. And then obviously, it was ballsy for it was, sure. It was a ballsy move. And then obviously we have Aaron Rodgers on vacation with uh, his new fiance, Charlene Woodley, and um, Miles Teller. People have been like speculating why Miles Teller um, is out there with him, but they forget that Teller and Woodley are they are a throuple? There's another chick in the mix. Is Miles' girlfriend? I guess. But I mean, I'm, uh, not, I'm not up in the tabloids and what's going on there. But I do know for certain she's not getting well, a lot of coverage. <laughs> no, she's not getting any hype. I mean, she's ring, she's full on Ringo star in this situation, um, and that that's like honestly giving her too much credit. The Woodley and Teller are boys though, from from movies. They're friends, so that's the connection there. I don't think Teller and Rogers are boys. I don't think that's yeah, they got to be now though, right? I feel like they're homies now. They went like hiking in a waterfall together. You don't just go hiking in a waterfall. They're boys now. Yeah. Rogers has a really tight knit circle, and he wouldn't let Teller in unless he uh, gave him the rite of passage. Do you guys see? Or the if f- he was, uh, he was just doing it because of his fiance. You never know. You think he's a simp lord? No, I'm just. I don't know. They they feel like different different vibes. I don't know either of them personally, but. Teller is significantly younger than Aaron Rodgers, but so is Shailene Woodley. So clearly 
that's no issue for Rogers to to hang out with younger younger folks. Yeah, I don't think he's significantly younger. Miles Teller's thirty four. Oh, really? Is he? Does Does he just have a baby face still? It's a baby face. So three years apart. Oh, okay. They were in the high school together, technically not at the same high school, of course, but they were they kept they had a year crossover in high school. So I guess it's not that not that far fetched. Um, the good, I guess, good for who's it? I guess cool, cool for Miles Teller to be boys with Aaron Rodgers, of course, not the other way around. Or is it like cool for yeah. Rodgers to be boys with Teller too? I think it's both pretty cool. I mean, I think Teller's established himself now as a pretty dominant actor. You know, I think he has done some roles that have kind of put him apart from, you know, the young crowd. It's yeah. no longer like the the Project X Miles Teller, like he did Whiplash and got some recognition. And obviously, he's going to be in top gun and he's gonna make some noise yeah are we gonna sit here though and pretend that miles teller and project x wasn't the best version of miles teller we watched that, that was movie. the best version we watched that the movie usc the other baseball night. player yeah we watched that movie the other night and it was electric it's ironic we watched that movie the other night and there was a project x in huntington beach which one adrian's of kickback adrian's kickback which one of toss and i's roommates was like so down to, he wanted to go so badly and I just kind of put the kibosh on Adrian. Something like a hundred, over a hundred people were, uh, over a hundred people were arrested, which were is arrested? pretty wild. I saw some some videos, at least detained. I don't know if they like actually were brought up on charges or anything like that. But I saw a video in the middle of the street, and someone dropped a, a firework, like a big firework, like one that you should only watch, you know, that's from bad. a boat that's shooting them, you know, off the coast or whatever. Um, and they were like cop cars and it was mayhem absolute mayhem but the interesting thing about miles teller in project x his name is miles teller in that movie so to show you where his stardom was at that time he uh he didn't actually have a character name yeah actually a couple of those yep. guys were like that a couple of those guys had the same first name at least as i as think right. it's because it was kind of like they wanted to make it look kind of like a like a documentary style you know yeah, where it's right. like they want real people not actors so I mean, all those guys got their their start. I mean, I don't know what the other like the three main characters are doing now, but there were technically no names before Project X. Thomas Mann, who plays Thomas Cub, the lead character, is yeah. a quite successful actor. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. And the other guy who plays Costa or whatever, I'm pretty sure he plays one of the serial killers in Mindhunter. Does he? Does he? I, I hadn't oh, seen him in Sun anything else. He plays, yeah, Son of Sam. He plays Son of Sam. Oh, Mario. yeah, he does. That's right. Right? Is that season two? Yeah, season two, episode four. And they're just, they're doing a big <laughs> Son of Sam um, Netflix uh, documentary, documentary right, now. right now. Yeah. I heard it was yeah. freaky as hell. I mean, you couldn't get away. That guy, I heard he, he used to just walk up people and just pop them. Shoot, shoot him in the face, like couples in cars in not broad nightlight basically so like in the middle of the street which obviously you know camera recording now wouldn't allow for something like that to happen but yeah that guy's really i've only watched the first episode of that it's, it's scary stuff pretty dark um so be be warned um if you're gonna check that out just know what you're getting yourself into not for me uh, i don't know could there be a serial killer nowadays is that possible i mean i just feel like i haven't heard of anything i mean i know there could be but like the last one i heard we had a, we had one in long island in high school who'd, who would kill like strippers and bury them on the beach as a Gilgo beat. And I thought I had this huge theory. I thought I had a huge theory. It was my substitute science teacher. A huge theory. Like I was like, did they ever catch they, the guy? He no, they never caught him. 
but like our substitute like research teacher he knew so much about it he was a lifeguard at that beach over the summer he drove a very similar car to the car that was speculated i was like dead convinced and i told one of my teachers i keened him in on this and he's like you're crazy and then a week later he's like dude i think you're onto something and I'm like i know and so obviously he was never caught never heard from that teacher again he definitely did it yeah quite possible which let's make a documentary yeah it's like to going back in time to find my science teacher by the charity stripe um speaking of the charity stripe is rogers going to be back at the packers are we fully where are you guys leaning on that i because everyone is and their mother speculating there was rumors he's like starting the super team now julio's on the market and i don't want to hear where you want julio to go and where you think he's going to go could they team up in green bay could I, mean, I I guess anything's possible, anything's conceivable. And I think if Green Bay wants to keep Rodgers happy, then going after Julio would be a good move. I mean, think about a, a wide receiver core with Devonta Adams and Julio Jones. Um, that'd be pretty dominant. It'd be one of the best we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but I personally think that Julio should go to another team um, in the Titans or the Chargers. Those are my two landing spots for him. And, as a Chargers fan, it'd be awesome, but they're opening up as the favorite right now for him to be playing week one. They're they're both plus 500 with him, with the Titans, or sorry, with the Falcons and the Chargers. Um, and I think that, you know, Julio knows that it's a young core there, uh, you know, a new head coach. It's an appealing city, Los Angeles. I think he wants to get a change of scenery. Um, you know, obviously Herbert coming off an amazing year, new quarterback. I think he likes the offense there too. So that'd be a good landing spot, but I did see that that audio message that AJ Brown left in Julio Jones DMs on Instagram, which is pretty cool. Um, the power of social media these days. I mean, literally, there's nothing that's behind closed doors. So, um, seeing them team up together would be pretty pretty awesome as well. Some would that be the best duo in the league, Julio and AJ? I mean, yeah, I think I think honestly, wherever Julio goes, it's going to be the best duo. Whether it's Green Bay, whether it's the Titans, whether it's the Chargers that will be the best duo in the league because they got Keenan Allen, you got A.J. Brown, or Devontae Adams. So you already have two, three top ten receivers across the board there. I think the issue is, is he wants to win, and I think there's a clearer path to win, no offense, Nick, via Tennessee than Chargers. I would love for him to go to the Chargers for you and for disagree. Herbert. How do you disagree with that? That That's not – I mean, Mahomes is there. You can't – you're never going to win that division, at least in the next couple of years. No chance. I disagree. I mean, you're, it, it, by your rationale, Chargers can make the wild card, right? But if you're in the AFC, you're still going to have to go through Mahomes no matter what. But at least so whether the it's on the Titans field. or on the Chargers. I'm sorry? You have a better chance of winning your division as the Titans, right now even, than the Chargers do. Yeah, but you know what? It doesn't mean shit if you're winning your division and not getting to the Super Bowl. Either way, you're going to have to get through Mahomes. Yeah. So does it really matter what AFC team you go to? No, I mean I don't. I don't think they'll trade him. Well, I mean at least he'll have the. If home you're looking field. at, and also if you're looking at longevity, let's say Julio wants to play for another four to five years, would you rather play with Herbert or Tannehill for the next four to five years? You would rather play with Herbert, but I don't think Tannehill is like. It's not, it's not Tannehill of old. I mean Tannehill's legit. Tannehill's a good quarterback, but he's older. He's proven to be injury prone. I don't necessarily know that it's the, I mean, Nashville's cool and all, but like, I feel like Julio wants a change of scenery. doesn't want to stay in the South. He wants to go to a, a bigger market. I would love one it. thing that 
the Titans have going for them is that the head coach of the Falcons was previously the OC for the Titans. They have a good relationship. Who knows if he can maybe squeeze more out of that deal in comparison to the Chargers. You don't, you never know, right. With those negotiations, but certainly um, they've got good rapport. Arthur Smith has good rapport with the Titans. So um, not to say that that's exactly where he's going to go. I've heard other spots as well. Uh, San Francisco has a lot of space. They have a lot of cap space. They can certainly afford him. Um, And, you know, any team, like you guys are saying, like any team, if he goes to San Francisco, I don't think they have the best duo, but like he's such an added value to any roster offensively. Well, can we we kind of qualify the duo of Kittle and him? Sure, sure. Then maybe it is like a top tier. It's like like the equivalent of like Hill and Kelsey almost. Mm -hmm. In a sense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, now, let me ask you this, though, Nick. First round pick, would you give that up for Julio You're, as your Chargers? Um, yeah, I think I would, but only a first round pick. I okay. don't think we're adding anything else in there. Yeah, no, 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 no. Toss, is that like, does that resonate I'd, with you? I'd be more inclined to give up Mike Williams in like a second or a third. Yeah, I Mike Williams is a disappointment. Not because he stinks, because he's always Because he can't stay healthy. No, I understand that. And I was talking about that the other day with somebody, and it's just because he he's laying out for balls all the time and trying to make these, you know, high I know these really high high probability or these low probability catches. Yeah. Um, you know, just kind of going up for the balls and, and diving and stuff. But I don't think that the Falcons are gonna want to trade Julio unless they're getting something in return this year. I think it's gonna end up being obviously for future draft picks, but also they're still in win now mode. I mean, they're putting all their chips in in Matt Ryan and there's new, this new head coach. Like they want to win now, so they're not going to just let Julio go and not get anything in return. Like they want to fill some holes. I mean, yeah. Mike Williams. I mean, I will two. say, Mike Mike Williams in a two is a good trade. I think from the Chargers side, if you can retain Mike Williams and have him, Keenan Allen, and Julio Jones, and maybe he can learn a thing or two from Julio Jones about being a big body receiver and not getting injured you know Julio has had his injury woes here and there but for the most part he's been pretty consistently out on the field and which would be cool it would be cool to see them together because I I really am I think we're all fans of Mike Williams because he when he does play he's really exciting and really fun to watch Um, but Calvin Ridley is going to be their one no matter what even if Julio is playing I think he would make that jump if if he stays on the Falcons roster to I I could be wrong I don't have the numbers in front of me right now but performance wise he he blew him out of the water last year right yeah I mean Julio was not on the field um, as much but Calvin Ridley did have right. better numbers and I think Nick when we for when we're doing the draft I mean who was your Kyle Pitts comp going to the Falcons and it was Julio Jones you thought yep. that it was next Julio Jones so they've already have him right. there I mean he's gonna get he's will not be a Falcon I'm more confident in him being gone than Rogers. Well, he already said no. He yeah. already told Shannon Sharp on the phone. He goes, "Yeah, I'm out of there." Yeah, so he's. Like, I think. I think the plus five hundred bet of the Falcons is kind of ridiculous. The Patriots have been floated. I'd be shocked if Belichick pulled that move, especially with the cap. But I think it's the Titans, the Niners, and the Chargers. With the Ravens as a dark horse, I'd say. Yeah, the one thing about I, I like those picks. Um, I like the Ravens dark horse. The one thing about the Rogers uh, whole conundrum is that. He's really pointing out that it's it's based off of culture, right? Like that's why he's unhappy and why he's dissatisfied is that culture is a big thing for him, but he doesn't have. A, I don't I don't want to put a clock on his career because obviously Brady's you know in his 
almost in his mid forties, he's almost 45 and he's still doing it. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but Rogers is up there in age, right? I mean, he's only four years older than miles teller and, <laughs> and, and, and all that to say, like, if he goes somewhere new, how does he know that it's going to be a good cultural fit for him? Like it, it, it feels like you're going to have to feel that out and maybe it's, you know, okay, I know that the fit is not in, in green Bay and I need to get out of here, but he might have to be more selective and take a little bit more time with this decision than, you know, rushing into something and, and making sure he's just out of there by the time the season starts. He needs culture to... can mean a lot of different things though. Culture yeah. could also mean just the city itself. You know I mean? I mean, I hate to say it, but we all know green Bay is not the most popping place and he's marrying a, a celebrity as you know, a, a big actress and, being closer to her and being closer maybe to the entertainment industry. We saw that he was doing hosting jeopardy and he's been making some more public appearances. So maybe he wants to go to a city where he can kind of be more in the limelight now and not be hidden away in green Bay. I mean, yeah, it's a a historic franchise, you know, it's the green Bay Packers, but going to a city like New York, we've, we've mentioned the giants would be great because you know, the entertainment pops off there, but also even a place like Las Vegas. I mean, it's not that far away from LA it's, you know, pretty close to home from where he's at in the Bay Area. I, I think that those two teams are definitely teams that, you know, should at least consider it. I mean, Gruden is very unpredictable. And we right. I mean, I've, I've never really been that big of a believer in Derek Carr. So maybe if they can swing something that, Second they should do though. that. Well, I think he, he did make a statement just about, like, culture and organizations. And his – I'll just briefly – I won't do the entire quote, but um, – History is important and, and legacy of so many people who've come before you, but the people, that's the most important thing. The people make an or- organization, people make a business, and sometimes that gets forgotten. You know culture is built brick by brick, the foundation of it being the people. So I do think that for him, like if I'm looking where, at where he's going to go, it's probably going to be where he's going with someone who he's comfortable with, right? Like I don't know exactly who that's going to be, but – that's what I would look for. And Gruden has a really like tight grip on everything that goes on in in his organization. And he has a very particular culture. And I don't really think that Aaron Rodgers aligns with it. I don't think, I think the Raiders are a mess, a low key mess, not a high key mess. I think there's teams obviously that are in worse situations. I think they draft quite pitifully. Oftentimes. I don't think Mayock's got a good grip on what's going on there at all. I don't foresee them kind of getting past that nine and eight. They're not winning 10 games this year he needs to go to a team that once he gets there they could conceivably win 12 13 games and I think the team that makes the most sense is the New York football giants the football team's culture has kind of turned around but it's always on shaky ground I think that would be my second pick Denver makes no sense because Vic Fangio job he's on a tight leash and again it's the Mahomes and Herbert effect now you have to go against Herbert as well it's like that that division has become extremely tough and they're not going to go there's no other real team that's going to Everyone's pretty much much set at quarterback. A lot of the teams drafted guys or 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 have guys in place. There's not many teams that really need that quarterback. The Texans don't have the capital to go get him, and there's no shot in hell he's going there. It's really the teams that don't have a good, stable quarterback are the football team and the Giants, and those are the only teams that can really conceivably go out and get him. I mean, the Eagles maybe, but I'm sure they're going to give Hurts one more go. I mean, I know the Giants are going to try to give Jones one more go, but the Giants, they have a clock on them. With Their best offensive player has a clock all of a sudden, so you really have to go get him. Um, and the, the limelight thing and the entertainment thing makes sense. Forgive me if I'm missing a team that's got a 
you know, paltry QB situation, but those two teams are the two top teams that come to my mind. No, I think you hit everyone. I think the, the only other thing would be a team making a kind of wild, crazy move and giving up more than we, us outside looking in thinking what they would give, right? Like a team like the 49ers, even though they just drafted a new quarterback and, and weirdly like packaging Lance and other stuff to go get Rogers. Like it could, I don't think that's going to happen, but like you can't take that consideration out of things um, for any of the NFL teams when it's a guy like Rogers that you're talking about trading. I mean, you think about the Anthony Davis trade in the NBA way back when on the Pels, it was kind of like everyone was entertaining it for a little while. The Lakers were talking about that trade a year before they even actually made it. Yeah, um, very true. So I, I, I do think that he'll be in Green Bay this season. Though. That's my that's my gut check. I think it's a good gut check. I, I think, think if I think honestly, like if something was going to happen, it should have been before the draft. Because I mean, the capital, the draft capital, the value of that is just that's what really can get Rodgers. I mean, what are you going to be able to give up right now? I mean, obviously you can give up future picks, but I think the Packers want to win now as well. So they wanted to, they would have wanted to retool right then and there. He would have had right. wanted to have reinforcements right then and there, not in the future where they can't implement it right away and they're kind of tanking this year almost. Um, cool. We'll go quick hitters, NBA, game twos. A couple game twos have happened. We're recording on Wednesday, obviously, so the Wednesday slate, we won't have knowledge of what's gone down thus far. Miami versus Milwaukee. Milwaukee's up to nothing. You guys say crazy or sensible? My take is that it doesn't go past game five. Crazy or sensible? Nick? Sensible. Toss? Sensible. Sensible. I think that first game was a huge test, and Miami needed that game. The Bucks are the better team. They were in the regular season. They still are right now. Things are looking different with Drew Holiday um, at the way that he's playing instead of Eric Bledsoe. This is a deep team. They know who they are, and finally they've come ready to compete in the playoffs. I love that you like in retrospect, we look at the end of the buck season. They played really well at the end of the season, but they weren't chasing a record of being the, the number one team in the East. They're playing within themselves and they're ready to strike. I, I'm excited for this team. And they're finally giving Middleton the ball at the end of the game. It's not Giannis's show come last two minutes and that's okay. It's Middleton's time to hit that shot. And I love that he hit that in game one. Game two, they obviously dominated. They're going to Miami. I think Miami can nab a game, but I think that Bam Giannis has come to play and Bam has his hands full, as good of a defender yeah. as Bam is, and Jimmy Butler has kind of been nowheresville. Portland, I like the Bucks in five. Bucks I like Bucks in five. Cool. Portland, Denver. It's tied one one. Here's my take. Sensible or crazy. This is going to be the only series in round one that goes to seven games. Nick. Um, I think that's crazy. Okay. Okay. But I do think it'll go seven. But I think that there's other there's other okay, matchups. So that, that one is – is there any matchup in particular that you think will also go to seven off the top of your head? Well, I think at the top of my head, obviously, you know, Clippers are 0-2 right now against the Mavs. I think they're going to even it up, and they're probably going to take it all the way. Who's going to win? I don't know, but I think that the Clippers have a lot left. Um, kind of got to do some some gut checks and some uh, looking in the mirror. Uh, but we could talk about that after because I'm sure you have another take. But yep. um, I also think that even the Suns and the Lakers series is getting really feisty. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think the Suns, the que- uh, the question of Chris Paul's health is a big concern for me as far as, you know, what that rest of that series looks like. Obviously, the Lakers do this all the time. LeBron, in general, has done this all, all the time where he just, all of a sudden, they look amazing, right? They look terrible. They look they look really, really terrible. They lose in game one. Everything's chaotic. Anthony Davis is trash, like yeah, horrible. actual trash. And then in game two, he goes to the line 21 times and he and he hits 19 free throws. And it's like, oh, why don't you do that every game? Um, so I think that that kind of push and pull that that Nick's talking about um, could take this game, this series to seven. It could go that far. Um, it, it's I don't want to like recency bias feels like the Lakers are going to win this series and not in seven, but that's just because they won last night. So I don't want to look too too much into that one game. Um, because Devin Booker can go off just like Anthony Davis did. So I like I like those two series going to seven. Um, I think that the Clippers taking the Mavericks to seven is a ludicrous take, but I, I, uh, I appreciate the pride in your team, Nick. We'll get there. So, but to the, you think there's other games that can go. So you're going to go crazy with that take on the Portland-Denver. Yeah, but I do think that they could go seven. Okay. No, I, I like that. I like that. They could definitely go to seven. I don't really know what to make of this series right now. Okay after two games it's fun i mean yeah. different style of ball for sure it's it's yeah it's different i think that we're watching two of the most exciting offensive players square off but they're not the typical type of one of them at least is not the typical type of exciting offensive player you'd anticipate and i you love know, watching dame in the fourth quarter like it's honestly i like watching dame when they're down because he just sprays from three yeah and it everywhere and from deep and from yeah. deep and, and fearless. And you know what's coming and he still does it. And you're like, he's gonna sidestep for it like a 30 footer. He's gonna do it. No he cut. took like a he took like a 20 seconds into the shot clock, like 36 footer from the logo in the game in game two. And I was like, and it went in, it was a swish, and it didn't even look effortless. And I was just like, I can't believe that's a good shot for someone in the NBA, but it is. For and him. there's two guys in the NBA for him and Steph. And I I would take them taking that open shot over a lot of other looks a lot of other looks it's crazy it's over jay crowder corner three wide open based on the game two of the suns all right this is an easy one crazier sensible my celtics getting swept sensible. bring out your brooms yep cool don't Very think sensible. i don't think we i think they should just sit them at this point um i hate to fold like that but it's it's a joke we're not i mean that was the game one when they were had the 104 you held the nets to 104 and that was your chance to win and you missed it so Let's see if we can maybe nab one in the garden. Doubt it. Um, okay, I'm going to combine both L.A. teams. Crazy or sensible that, that both of the L.A. series only go to five games? Crazy. God, I mean, I, we already just touched on it. So, I, mean, I know, Nick, you kind of we, we touched on it, but is that it's how, on a scale of one to ten, how crazy is that for you, Nick? I think it's like an eight. Ooh, okay. Toss? Um, well, we're headed back to LA in the Lakers series. It's one, one, if they get two more games, all they have to do is go back to talking stick and get one more. So I think it's pretty feasible. Okay. The Mavs took two games in, in LA. I was at that second game yesterday. There might've been more Lakers fans than there were Clippers fans. How was that game? Was um, fun as fuck? Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, it was, it was an electric game. Um, Luca played like Luca does basically every game. What happened was the rest of the Clippers, no one helps Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard's an amazing player. He has no help. He has no help. Yeah, no help from his coach either. I think what it comes down to is that Ty is is an idiot. 
I mean, right. how are you so paying, you're going to tell me that paying... that coach is going to take them to seven? No chance. Okay, no but, chance. Yeah, you have still have, you still have to consider that Kawhi and Paul George are still on that team, and maybe he, maybe someone bumps him on the head and he knocks some sense into him. But you're paying Luke Kennard forty five million dollars, and he hasn't played a single playoff minute. Serge Ibaka got like six minutes. Boogie Cousins isn't playing at all. I mean, what are those guys there for? Because they don't know who they are. They do not know who they are. And you know who knows who they are? The Mavericks. They know exactly what their team is. They know exactly what they want to do. And bring out your brooms for them because they're sleep. They're sweeping the Clippers. You're in Dallas. you got home court for the next two games. I, I think that you saying that they're going to seven is the craziest take of any NBA take you can make right now. I think, like actually, I don't know. Outside either. of saying this, outside of saying the Celtics will win the series because that's right, we're gonna save, we're gonna save this audio and it's gonna be hilarious when it goes to seven games. The the way the Clippers, we've been saying it all year. The Clippers, first of all, continue like the first game one lazy start out of the gate. We saw that they don't know who they are because they have no continuity because they're never on the court together at the same damn time. And I'm with you, Nick, that Ty Lue absolutely stinks. And I said that the moment they hired him and the moment they fired Doc Rivers, that was a mistake. They should have ran it back with Doc because clearly it's working in Philly because Doc Rivers has a ring that he, I think, earned more than Ty Lue did. And Ty Lue is not yeah. the head coach for this. Ty Lue's not the head coach. He's not a head coach. And the, the Clippers made a mistake. They, made, they hired someone's friend. And that's not how you win. I mean, I'm with you. The Kennard thing is like we were. I was watching with our buddy Dekar back with him, and we we're like, "Where is Kennard? He's like nowhere to be found." I mean, Terrence Mann has taken his minutes. Reggie Jackson played 30. I mean, he shot the ball well. Like, how, we we really justifying like more than Rondo though. Batum being out there for 20 minutes. 20 minutes, Batum is out there. I mean, Paul George. It's, he played 35 minutes in the first game. Morris did nothing. Zubac did nothing. I mean, Pat Bev is. I love his fire. He's not good. You can't, he, he, he's you playing. can't, you can't, I mean, no one can guard Luca, but you really can't put a six, two point guard on him. You just Absolutely can't. Cause not. he's going to back, he's going to back him down. He's going to put him, he's going to make an easy layup over him or most often, more often than not an and one. Um, those guys just can't guard. Him. Well, they can't why, guard. Him. That's like why you have Batum in there, I guess, to give the length on Luca. But I mean, that doesn't do anything either. You really have to have Kawhi or Paul George and Luca Doncic or you're not, you have no chance. They, yeah, they should be switching on him on and off. Whoever is on the court, whichever one of those two guys should be on Luka every defensive possession. And then you put Pat Bev on Timmy Handjobs, who, by the way, torched the Clippers. Yeah, he's the fourth. He was the fourth best player on the court. And I think I told, I texted our buddy Brandon this last night. From what I, the best that I could see, the top seven players on the court, two of them were Clippers, and the rest of the five were Mavericks. And that's a problem. And there was no again, like Kawhi has no help. He's an he's a tremendous player. There's few players that I'd want at the end of NBA playoff games that Kawhi Leonard, the mid range, the ability to get into his shot, his finishing ability at the rim, his patience, his defensive length. He's he's tremendous, but he literally had no help. I mean, he scored he scored like 18 in the first quarter. He ended up with 42 or something like that. Like the guy's trying his best. Help him out. Well, Paul help George. Him. Paul George. Look, Paul George had 48. I mean, I'm sorry, 28 points. So, I mean, he showed up. But like the rest of the team, Morris, nothing. And they're they're thin. They're really all of a sudden, oh, they go Vibaka. Like, we were all high, and like, they added all these players. They're really thin. The loss of Harrell, yeah. their, their loss of Harrell was huge. It's a huge loss. It's a huge yeah, offense. Yeah, I don't loss. know why. I don't know why. Um... 
Sorry, I don't know why Zubac and Ibaka aren't getting more run um, because Zubac has been super effective against the Mavericks in previous series. Um, but yeah, it'll be fun to to pull that audio. And uh, Nick, maybe maybe it'll be a I told you so. But um, I would be I would be very surprised. I am a massive Mavs fan, as you guys know. But I've watched both games very intently, and to go and take two games as an opposing team and really beat them, like not like end of the game, Luca hits a three, like both games commanding victories. Um, where I felt as a fan, like there was pretty much any time the Clippers cut the gap, the Mavericks had an answer um, that that they will win the series. The sweep might be a little ambitious, um, but I do think that it's a possibility. Yeah. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. All right. I guys. also think oh. that the the one the the Grizzlies Jazz series I'm puzzled by and I'm excited for. And I don't know. That one that one could go a lot deeper than you think it could. I I think the Knicks Hawks can go kind of deep. I think the Philly Washington one and I think that Memphis Utah one will also be five. I think the, the the with Spider not being there was a major effect. I know you think that it doesn't matter as much. I think it's going to be one of those situations similar to how like Orlando got that one game against Milwaukee last year at the top. And I think Utah is going to come and just really start taking care of business. Did it with Philly. I'm, the Philly situation is going to be quick. That um, series is going to six at the bare minimum. The, Philly, the bare minimum. The Philly series. No, no, no. The Grizzlies Jazz series. Okay. We'll see. A lot of, a lot of differing, differentiating opinions here. Um, we're going to let everyone rock and roll. Are we brought to you by anybody? Any sponsors? Anybody you want to shout out? Toss. I, I mean, playoff basketball is going on, so go go put those bet ins at betonline.ag. Um, I hammered parlay over with the money line Mavericks, and I made a killing last night. And it was great to see the Mavericks do their thing. And I'm gonna go collect my dough at betonline.ag, baby. That's let's good. go. Nice. Very nice. All right, fans out there, drag both feet down, swing the full count, rub that puck at the putt. Hit your PKs because they free. Hit your free throws. Why, guys? Because they're free. Because they're free. We out you. We love you. Good day. We sitting here. I'm supposed to be the franchise player. And we in here talking about practice. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.